0: Is it gay to call your apprentice cute? That's the question we ask ourselves this week on Common Ride with me. I'm Rose Kip, and with me is Steph. Hey, Steph.
1: Hey, Kip. How's it going? Uh,
0: pretty good. How's it going?
1: You know, I've got a really cute apprentice right now, so I'm in cloud nine.
0: Yeah, some fools out there, like, making their own, like, some, like, hold your petto asses, but, like, for me, like, I like having my nice and cute young person. I don't know.
1: Yeah, exactly. How else are you gonna be happy in life? This is the way to go right here. We've got the secret unlocked.
0: Yeah, and I'm teaching mine all kinds of arcana, like cool stuff. It's great. What are you teaching your apprentice?
1: I'm trying to get my apprentice to put more uh skill points into constitution. So it's gonna take a little bit of like, you know, just hitting them with sticks until they finally get up to that like buff point. I expect out of one of my apprentices.
0: I put a 16 gigs of RAM in my apprentice. Like so fast though.
1: I feel like that has (laughs) some implications that. Shit. (laughs) Really don't want to be on the list for right now. So let's uh, quick abrupt subject change. What happened?
0: I put the RAM in. I didn't ram it in your honor. (laughs) Really like any sentence that you had with your honor. You're going to
1: really need a good defense lawyer on this one i don't know if i can help you
0: your honor <laughs> uh but no i uh, just uh there's a very fun through line in what we're looking at with like how they treat like their young people but i like do while we're on um the matter of legality I want to talk about um what i've been into lately like outside of tokyo which is i've been reading a lot of uh detective fiction right now
1: oh really like that uh what is that called LA noir like that video game weren't supposed to be all like those dark grisly detective novels from the 50s
0: I um have been wanting to play that actually but no like right now like I'm reading like old Perry Mason I'm reading like some uh Henning Mankell. I'm reading some a lot of like more Scandinavian or like transit stuff but also like a lot of like old stuff so
1: I feel like that's the way to go
0: yeah, that's nice. like I haven't read detective for like a while because like it's just like, oh, like I like read the couple of like Raymond Chandler books I had, and then I was like, oh, like what's next, Sam Spade? And if you're a big fan of detective fiction, uh you know Sam Spade's a little divisive, not as much fun. But I actually like a good yarn. Just they're not like actively in your face, so I guess it's like very easy to like forget that you like something that's like not currently doing a lot right <laughs> as a genre
1: no i get that
0: one of the people who like when i grew up like definitely my reading drastically went down despite being like a really big reader as a kid so i'm like trying to work that back up but it's hard
1: yeah i'm the same i feel like a lot of my uh book consumption these days is through audiobooks and it's because i can listen to them while i work and it actually makes the process a whole lot less daunting i feel like
0: yeah, like I'm like that way for podcasts, but I've like lately there's definitely times where I'm like need to be doing one thing and I like have certain shows where I'm like I can't listen to the show if I'm like multitask. It's like a show that I listen to. You know?
1: <laughs> Which yeah. is
0: not very productive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I completely understand that.
0: Um, is there anything that like uh you're into this week's death or
1: I wish I could say there was, but you know, I'm Uh, taking the week off next week to go on vacation. So it seems like that's the only thing I can focus on right now is not having to do work for an entire week. It's going to be wonderful.
0: Yeah, it's great uh, when you're like, I want to take time off. So let me just really grind right here.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And I feel like that's been, I know that it's not that late into the week, but it feels like it's been a full week already. So yeah, because everybody now that they know i'm taking that time off are like asking impossible feats from me so that's my life in a nutshell at the moment your honor exactly your (laughs) honor
0: oh yeah um i like have been working more right now and then like i kind of got like a little blindsided by uh the monthly sailor brew podcast that like we're doing so i was just like last week was rough (laughs) Very rough.
1: (laughs) That's, yeah, you are taking on a lot of projects right now. So I would imagine that's a lot of additional stress.
0: Especially because, like, sometimes we make promises to ourselves when we are making something that only we care about. And the thing is, only I care about the Sailor Moon podcast going out every full moon. Everybody else would be fine if it came out like four days later. But it's like, oh, look, I made that promise. I got to do it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah exactly you have like this whole like inner monologue to yourself where you have this particular deadline you have to reach And yeah I understand it's a lot of additional pressure from yourself that you really don't need right now
0: yeah but also like uh, (laughs) we all like we're as creatives we're people that do stuff that doesn't like follow reason but because it like helps with like a certain need too and like if I was just like quick there's people making five minute podcasts on what happened on another podcast that are doing extremely well that looks like it not at all like fulfilling. So it's like yeah it's part of that shtick, you know?
1: Yeah, I completely understand. And it can get very frustrating when you look around at some of the stuff that is way too popular for its own good, I think.
0: Yeah no um, I've recently had a conversation about like um how I like Lil Nas X without really liking most of his music like I'm just like oh like I have enjoyed some of his music for like being big popular stuff but it's more like I'm supportive of the person and like of course when I'm saying I like that music I'm not saying. Generally, I'm saying for popular music, <laughs> there's a right. big gulf there. You know.
1: Yeah, I completely agree, and I'm in the same boat. I feel like.
0: Yeah, and like there's like a definite like thing now too, where I feel like there's lots of people that like like people even if they don't like what they're doing, which is like a weird bridge to be at sometimes. But uh, yeah, anyway. for sure. I'm kind of itching a little bit though to talk about, uh, for. Reasons, you know, and reasons that uh, you don't. Um, come murder hippie, because it's a big fourth chunk of the show. We reach episode 23 to 29. We have a little bit of a different format, too. And I just have a lot to say this time, I think. So let's uh mosey on over there.
1: I'm ready Your, for it. Your honor. <laughs> Your honor,
0: yes. So for this, though, we've changed up that format, like I said. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to um, alternate doing summaries, and we'll say the episode and the episode number at the start of our summaries. And yeah, so episode uh, 23 is called Summer Training. Asumu says he is being tempered by being around Hibiki. A jazzy mandolin plays for the Opie. Asumu doesn't like playing the whistle and wants, to, and wants the drum. Todoroki is also learning to drum having a hard time. A white plate doctor makes her appearance and makes uh two parents that are the first of the year. The writers eat and uh Hibiki berates Taruki for not being good at drumming yet. This leads to an to an awkward phone call with Kanaka. Um and then there's a conversation about like um how Hibiki's the best and to my mind that meant maybe that makes him a very bad teacher if he's very good at this uh and then the two parents find a tasty looking old man and the makmo has hands that are human size and seems to be planted in this rice pad Asumi comes to work and has to change while being very embarrassed typically seems to be in a very special summer zone as they keep training toderiki tries to quit um as he asks why is he learning taiko and briefly tries to drown himself. biggie has Zenki's old drums delivered by Kasumi as they prepare for the Makamo in the nearby village. The captain of the band comes to tell Asumu that he understands why he's upset, but that there wasn't space for everybody to have like what they wanted. Todoroki is told his guitar won't work on the Summer Monsters. Uh, they fight while not transform, which is complete with a Whole Indiana Jones rope swing moment. The, um, the monsters are playfully taking on the 2 awning when a strange dirt and root monster defends one of the parents. And that leads to episode 24, Burning Crimson. The Makmo is human-sized. Hedora Tabu, who multiplies when struck by Todoroki's guitar. Todoroki's arms turn burning red and he kills the offspring, but the original monster retreats. Hibuki Akira finish their job and get ready to to join the group hunting the Summer Monster. Why didn't Todoroki Nobo this kind, and why aren't aren't he and Akira receiving this training in advance? No one knows. Um, (laughs) Hibiki calls in and tells Asumu and Kanaka about depression. Hibiki is training, and I guess everyone knows he could join Cripsum. Kasumi gives Todoroki the taiko set. Kasumi and Todoroki talk while Asabu and Kanaka talk about why they chose their own instruments and the importance of learning things you don't need. Akira calls Asubu right as Mochi gets into the store. Kanaka tries to cover and is so disappointed in uh, how dense he is when he offers to tell Mochi. Kabuki it. Kibuki and Todoroki train Taiko. The boys pose as they decide it's a Taiko festival and time for Crimson's first fight. The monsters emerge from rice paddies. The question is asked, Can we join in? And the parents say, You and Ani. Uh, the group didn't have a long fight, taking down one monster at a time. Kibuki's new form can one hit KO the monsters and the team wins. And that's the two-part arc, which is a... Uh, yeah. uh a lot going on here, but what do you think about th- this whole arc, stuff?
1: This arc was extremely exciting just because it felt like everything that the show's been building up to to this point uh, is finally like starting to come to a head. So I not only enjoyed getting to kind of see how Hibiki evolves through the show series, but the way that all the other heroes kind of start recognizing their strengths and weaknesses and coming together my favorite part was getting to see all three of them fight together i enjoyed that so much just because it was so great to see all these different uh not only like generationally but how they approach being like quote-unquote heroes Um, getting to see them kind of come together and fight these monsters as they were coming and like kind of have their own individual knowledges and strengths really made the um fighting part interesting,
0: yeah. Like, um, on the Rewa podcast, um, we've had lots of talk about how the current show Saber has left us rather cold and it has lots of things like 11 riders like fighting to like save the world, and it's like does not have like an ounce of the, like the tension or coolness of like the, like three riders, like when they're working together here. And I think it's just like, uh, it goes to show like how important to like the stakes are, are like big, but they're also very small. Like the, like things happening are very like rooted in like us knowing what a small fight is, like what, like what each character can do and like having small moments, like, One thing here is like there's lots of enemies, so there's not like there's also not that scene where like you also see like them each take out like three enemies in like one attack. Like and it's like a built up thing when there's like the like spree going through. And I like really like the way this is adding to the stakes. I felt a little weird about some plot stuff here, but
1: Yeah. And I think one of the reasons that it works as well as it does is because Like, if you look at Hibiki outside of being, like, a superhero, he is just this very humble, ordinary guy. And so I think that that's why it works, that, like, he can fight with these other heroes and not have all these big ego clashes like you would almost kind of expect from, you know, choosing that walk of life and almost having to have, like, a little bit more of a machismo aspect to it. But they all very much look up to him and listen to his advice and kind of follow in his footsteps as far as how he's trying to guide them through all these different battles that they're facing. Um, So it adds something that, you know, is unexpected but very pleasant to watch.
0: I enjoy how there isn't pomp and, like, circumstance to being a, like, hero here. Like, there's like, it's so present in, like, American like hero media, like, Mm -hmm. that, like, it's like oh like who is this person's like who who's superman and like they're always like in the paper they're always like being talked about and like i like how there's something understated and like almost like oh hey um to fight out here is the same as like shearing like sheep it's like a very humble small thing that isn't going to like do much for you as far as like your status in life you know
1: Exactly. And no one really tries to take over the spotlight either, which is also really refreshing to see. It's not like any of them decides that, you know, because they have the biggest ego and they think that they can fight the monsters the best are going to try and jump in front of everybody else. Like, it's a very collaborative effort, which is so much fun to watch in media, I think.
0: Even characters like Spider-Man or Batman or like what have you that aren't trying to enjoy the celebrity of being a hero that's still its own fantasy and like I just like like how it's not here at all.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because even with them, there's always this aspect of you know, leave me alone. I'm too important to talk to you. But yeah, with these guys is a completely different situation and it's a lot of um, really unique storyline to watch play out.
0: They feel like people that like like that are like in their garages like taker and they're like, hey, we got to go out here. Like it's like very small and it's a great and um how do you feel about um the new like summer variant thing with the monsters
1: i'll admit i wasn't expecting that but then um kind of when you started to get into the whole them giving a sumo that uh explanation about why the summer monsters were a little bit more strong it actually it helped me a lot because there were so many like plot points I was lost on up to that point. so for them to kind of like go into that and describe the um what they call them the white versus the black figure and how the monsters worked and like what was expected to be able to defeat them, I thought that that was a really good way to play out the storyline without like shoving it in your face.
0: It felt to me like a little bit of like a rewhite a re right to the plot where it was like oh like at first like they seem surprised to hear about like the plague doctor or like black puppet and like thought it was like some kind of like big guiding figure and like here like very much felt, like okay no we need to um introduce like the other one of those but also like expand and be like oh yeah we always knew they were doing this like the way they talk about it like they knew they were doing this but also they knew they were puppets so the implication of like from the start of the series like it feels like they've modified their like own lore internally to like give them more knowledge like as they need for the Because it's like oh yeah there's like the parents then there's the puppets then there's the real bad guys and it's like okay that's a, that's new <laughs> didn't know that
1: yeah and that very well may be the case but you know this um the timeline and their exasperation with how quickly things are moving has always been kind of difficult for me to follow anyway so for me for them to introduce this whole new plot twist and be like yeah the black figure controls this and the white figure controls this i was just like yeah, it makes perfect sense to me because nothing in this timeline is making sense to me at this point. So, yeah, i will just introduced 10 more things. I'm fine. I'll draw myself a graph.
0: They earned themselves like a leap in logic. So, it's fine. But, like, or it's like, why don't they just make these other monsters more? Like, they seem much better because they can multiply and only one kind of Ani can fight them. Like, that seems like better than like the big monster that like has like a specially prepared, like, takes longer and like a nice workmanly do you could show me like ah like here's my special instrument for this you know
1: <laughs> I mean you'd think but when it all comes down to it the good guy always has to win so if it takes finding something super cheesy to make that happen I guess they kind of have to at this point and
0: like as the episodes like go on they do seem to kind of like clarify oh um there's like the offspring and there's the main one, and, like, the main one can't be fought, like, any way but drums, but the offspring can be fought like, other ways and stuff, and, like, that's what seems at least, it's like, oh, there's this kind of stuff, and, like, right. it made, at first I was, like, you introduced a problem just for this new form, but then, like, as they kept doing it, I was, like, okay, I could see how somebody might manage this problem if they were, like, not involved with, like, a super form, which, like, is, like, supposedly pretty new for like hippie you know
1: Mm -hmm.
0: because otherwise they'd be fucked (laughs) every
1: (laughs) exactly can you imagine just not making that your go-to that's that was the part that (laughs) kind of struck me as crazy like you know this is gonna work every time like why not make that your default
0: what do you think of um the new form itself
1: i actually really really enjoyed that it was um, especially with the kind of graphics that they pumped into it, was one of my favorite things, um, and I'm kind of stoked to see what happens if all of the different heroes get to get to that form because it would be freaking awesome to see all of them standing side by side, like on fire and ready to just mess up anything that came their way. I thought that was a really neat way to kind of show that transition in his character. Yeah,
0: that's what I want too. Honestly, because like I would love to see them each kind of get like they're like going like here's how i can guitar or like trumpet like really fast like i uh like the way they're like came with the fights like there's part of me though is, like knowing these shows i'm like don't let one guy get like multiple power-ups like spread it around you know
1: yeah exactly
0: because for me it's always like i just want everybody to be important nobody to be <laughs> too important
1: exactly yeah
0: oh for good then i let's move on to 25 and 26
1: well i'm not going to pretend that my notes are nearly as in-depth as yours um but i will say is it one of the things that i enjoyed from 25 was getting to see all of the heroes really stand up and fight together i thought that that was a really really great moment um I loved and probably is going to be my favorite monster in uh, this episode. Uh, I am aware of what its actual name is, but I named it the white liquid spitting foreskin monster that also has a goo that hardens and smells. So make of that what you will. Um. And I just noticed for whatever reason, like within 25 and 26, that the um, opening thing kind of evolves with the storyline. I don't know why I didn't catch that before,
0: but... It's been changing each episode, too.
1: Has it really? Oh my yeah, gosh.
0: Yeah, like there's been some that are like wailing, some are like singing.
1: Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, I got a big kick out of that. Um, and Ibuki uh, pouting over uh being called the little brother was probably one of my favorite things i've ever seen because he totally looked like all the memes that you see on reddit um the little army that came about the lobster men with like those freakishly big arms not my favorite monster but that was very fun to see um i liked once again getting the explanation about the difference between the black figure and the white figure um, and then getting that first glimpse of the cat that had all the tails, and that was kind of how they spread their army around. uh, I loved that so much. Like these were a great couple of episodes to like really dive into the action on this series. I really felt like while I was watching it.
0: Yeah, no, like 25 is like a uh, the first really like standalone episode we've had too. And like it's like a lot of fun because it's like um oh um running I can never say this word. Running Azure. Uh, I just have like certain words that like, hurt me. But uh, yeah, um, there's a lot of character beats here too. Because like it's like the pool episode,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, like there's stuff like um, Kasumi wants like attention, and it's like, oh, well, I'm gonna get attention. Look at me. And there's stuff <laughs> like Hitomi is being told, hey, you might have to. Take the step with Asumu. Like, you might need to Mm -hmm. do that yourself. And the Todoroki's like, what's going on? What are you talking about? Why is she turning red?
1: I think with this episode, that's when I actually fell in love with Todoroki. It's just because he he does it so, like, innocently and cluelessly. Like, there's no part of his brain that's like, I might be drawing attention to this person that I'm calling a friend. He's just 100% speaking his mind. Like, all the dude ever thinks about is eating his food and, you know, maybe beating something up every once in a while. But it just, it was 100% the first time I was like, I'm going to keep an eye on him because he is a very interesting character just because he's so... Um. Sorry about it after it happens when he it finally clicks for him, like what he put her through, and he's just such an endearing character to kind of watch develop over the series
0: and also like he's just like a tried and true like character like he's just like, oh yeah, like like it's almost like a like stock character of hey, he's strong and he easy and he's dumb, but he's got a pure heart.
1: Yeah, and definitely a sweetheart. Like you can kind of see that development over the series. But yeah, with this episode especially because he finally got to like be in a kind of like main character role even if the episode wasn't all about him. It was really cute to kind of see how his personality like plays out over the course of the series.
0: Yeah. Um we do get one new character who is Sutomo who um mochi bumps into as she's running away because she like knocks down like some like floats and then like he like comes up and they talk and he's just like this very pretty nice boy
1: yeah yeah he very much reminds me of like all those um k-pop and j-pop bands like you see their posters on social media all over the place and he 100 percent reminded me of like someone you would see walking off of one of those posters
0: he's got like a very like sad to him too like it seems like very like oh i'm just quietly sad though too which like works for the character but yeah
1: yeah Uh. and it kind of plays off of sumo's character really well because he also kind of has that even though he's younger he has that like sad boy vibe like you always kind of want to like give him a big hug and tell him that the world doesn't suck as bad as he thinks it does
0: so like probably like an honorable mention to like maybe the worst look of the show has to go to like to like assume this episode because he's wearing like a mechanic top sleeveless with like goggles around his neck and it just doesn't look good dude not yeah. the best
1: you're not killing it bud
0: um so Sutomo was a-, a character who I mentioned before that I haven't actually seen this show this far like I've only ever seen like the first like six or seven episodes of the show before now but I like had heard there's like a character who like Quit being an on because of his parents and like worked at like a, like pool or something. So to see him is like interesting. Cause he's the kind of character that like is good to have for like texture in the story and be like, Hey, this is a rough thing to do. This is a rough way to live. And like, it's, there's no guilt to it really. But like, he's like a very interesting character to slot in here.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I feel like it was really good for kind of like the story progression Asumo and kind of trying to realize his vision of what he wants everything in the future to look like for himself um, and I know that that develops like slowly over a couple of episodes but he was a really good kind of catalyst for that thought process
0: and sometimes he, you just need somebody to show up to like like make the plot shake a little bit and him saying stuff like oh like your boyfriend and like oh like the boyfriend and like Every time it was like, oh, no, please don't.
1: <laughs> exactly. And kind of watching everybody turn red was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Um, and the Kappa makes Hibiki voice high at the end, too. Which is yeah. a little gag. Um, there's one plot point that I do want to bring up really hard in this episode. Um, Like, one quarter of the episode was like plot like oh there's like a monster to fight half of it was a beach episode the rest was like a fucking like money shot like motorcycle compilation like meant to just be like look at how cool this fucking bike is look at how great riding a motorcycle this is amazing this is incredible oh my god (laughs) like it's wild there's like seven minutes of just like shots of this bike it's a good looking bike it like looks different than most like rider bikes it's like looks like a bike you could buy just like a really nice one but it's just like (laughs) fuck they really (laughs) love this bike yeah it's wild
1: I feel like they probably had to have paid a lot of money for it just because there were so many like really in depth shots like showing brand name and like logo and everything Um, so that must have cost them a pretty penny. And I do agree that, you know, Hibiki can rock a bike. I'm not going to begrudge the man that, but he's so much more talented than just showing pictures of him riding a motorcycle, which you can do with almost every other, at least from what I've seen, common rider. (laughs) That's really not that big of a deal. And there really shouldn't have been so much attention posted on it. I don't think it was just, it was excessive. Once again, gorgeous bike. Just an excessive amount of camera time spent on it.
0: So apparently this is a Honda Valkyrie Rune, which was a test superbike that was only like test manufactured for two years to see if it was in production to like for people that liked um customized bikes. So cool. That's more than most bikes get because like a lot of like the bikes for the cover are are, like, performance bikes, like, customized, but they're not, like, special bikes the same way.
1: Okay, so here's the point I'm going to go to. It's a special bike that has only been tested a couple of times. They give it to the lead actor on a fairly popular show and say, you know, your character literally just learned how to ride a motorcycle, but let's give you one of the most complicated ones to control. And, hey, good luck, guy. Hope your actor's insurance is paid up. What the fuck is happening here? Who
0: wants. Who, okay. If you're a common rider executive, like for Toey, who watches this show? Mm. Kids and adults, but like the primary target is like, oh, it's like got like an all age audience, but like lots of kids, lots of kids, moms. So what you do, put in a nice bike, put a nice handsome man behind it pop the moms maybe have some more kids in that demo in a couple years like based off that bike you know just make it happen
1: that kind of explains why uh, a sumo's mom is just absolutely in love with every single one of the heroes so yeah I can see that I I, I might be able to be that mom you never know
0: let's make some um, new shirts called milker which is mother I'd like to come and ride Yes. your honor
1: please honestly Especially milker if we can it's do great. like a really small font that says your honor underneath that would just make my life i'd love it
0: okay so milker milk r stands for milf i'd like to comment rider <laughs> that's like i might have to do that before this comes up please do that might be perfect actually. i am
1: um, as i've said before i already bought the blanket and the hoodie, but if we ever made that into a t-shirt, I would have like four copies of it, just on hand, so I could wear them continuously.
0: I think it has to be Milfa, not Mother. <laughs> it has to be Milford, like the comment writer.
1: And I'd be the first one to be like, hey, I was a part of this joke. Hey, look, I'm famous. I have the t-shirt.
0: I would text you that link as soon as that shirt went up. I'd be like, hey, Steph. Uh, that's... Okay, that's gonna happen. That's uh, we need that's the best shirt design I've ever heard, actually.
1: Fantastic. As soon as you text me that link, like five minutes later, you're gonna get an email that says, Oh, wow, your shop has had a record number of sales. (laughs) And I'll just be like, Thanks for the link, and then we're all milkered out. (laughs) Exactly, we're all milkered out now.
0: Uh, no, that might be the that's a good idea um no um speaking of ideas i guess uh let's look at episode 26 counting the days
1: well this one i liked because once again like i said i loved that we finally got an explanation of the difference between the black figure and the white figure because i was very confused when the white figure kind of popped in at the beginning of our watch and i of course noticed that that was different because i kind of really enjoyed the uh, plague doctor look from the black figure in our past session of uh, watches. So getting to finally get, you know, it's a distinction between the two and kind of what was happening with them. Was definitely one of my favorite parts of this episode.
0: Yeah, no, this is a like more set episode too. It's just, like split because of that, like last episode. But um, what do you think of the um, cats here?
1: So, actually, one of my notes, and this is going to sound like the silliest thing in the world, but it's the first thing that came to mind. Um, I feel like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's actually episode 27, so I'm sorry for jumping ahead. But when they send out the transparent discs and the cats just, like, go crazy over it, one of my notes was, that definitely reminds me of my cat chasing flies. Um. So I enjoyed the fact that, despite the fact that it's, like, people in costumes, they really did kind of work hard to make all of these monsters try to fit into the world as well as they could. And that was kind of the note that I got from that, was just the fact that, yeah, I know it's supposed to be fantasy or whatever, but that was one of the first times that it kind of clicked with me, that they really worked hard to make these monsters be just as, like, creepily realistic as possible.
0: Yeah, no, like this show's designs have been very good just because they're um not exactly like toyetic all the time. Like a lot of the like the parents have been very like having Cuban eyes and like mouths and stuff, and that's great for me. But like maybe not for like a toy company, but uh, like I just do like how much small variety there is and like how it's like a simple cat. Like it's not trying to do like too much more than cat that'll like you drink your blood
1: right well and i like the parents also because even with like having this uh white figure whatever they call it within the show the actors that play those roles i think i've said it before but i love so much that they're dynamic enough to be able to play this like okay it is this male that has, you know, the female voice and walks in a way that's very deliberate and acts in a way that's very deliberate and same with the female character that has the male voice. I love that so much. Like, that has got to be, like, the most talented acting I've ever seen because they're able to do it in such a way that's, you know, non-derogatory, non-defensive. They just... It's very natural with the story progression.
0: Yeah, I think it's... um interesting too because um the actors i think are rather young like this might be like um the woman i think was like she's currently 36 is what it says so working backwards to 2000 okay oh that's sad she like died in 2020 age 36 that's not good to hear
1: oh goodness oh that's
0: depressing but she was like 21 this came out
1: no that's <laughs>
0: sucks a lot honestly um just wait for that. the
1: jokes guys we're on it
0: no uh but um just they are very good in the role and I think the fact that it's repetition is so much better than if they were all different people because like if they were all different people like oh like even if you found out like later that they're all creations that wouldn't hit it all versus like seeing the same two people stretched and malformed in different ways for different like mm-hmm. children and stuff is like very it adds a lot to it because it's like also like that whole like dread we we're talking about of, like oh no one's looking into this huh <laughs> like no one's right having a longer term view of how to deal with this problem then let's fight them when they show up
1: right Well, and one of the fun things about them and kind of the role that they encompass is that every time they're brought back, as like these parents of these monsters that are being brought up is they adapt their personalities to deal with that Mm -hmm. in a very real way. And I mean, that is so much fun. Like they are showing way more like dynamic traits as actors and actresses than most of the rest of the cast is just because they have to. Like, that's written into the storyline for them. But they do it so naturally. Like, if you aren't paying attention, you could almost feel like they were a different actor and actress for every new monster that came up. Yeah. But obviously, if you watch it, you know you know they're not. And they just are doing the same thing over and over again, but with different personalities every single time. But the fact that you almost have to question that, like, as a viewer like, lets you know how talented they are, and how well they're, you know, playing that role that probably wouldn't even be considered that major of a role, unless you're once again paying attention to the storyline.
0: And also, like, there's part of it, like, too, where, like, it's, like, there's so many skills intersecting to, like, be in this kind of role, because, like, oh, we want, like, a, we want somebody who can be here for, like, a whole year straight, so, like, that might necessitate somebody who's like younger or not trained to act and whatever and like also like has to be like a model and this kind of stuff and like do this Mm -hmm. and that you know um I um can't help but like wonder what you'll think when at some point like we're looking at like Sentai stuff because like a lot of those shows use like adult actresses just like they put them in like metal cocktail dresses and like have them just be be like the like female bad guy in the show just like all right let's work on your fencing and be hot (laughs) that's like a (laughs) cool thing to be honestly like nowadays at least I,
1: i i probably will enjoy it and you know i i refer back to this a lot but my favorite episode that we ever did was the valentine's day number 69 episode um and the mom was as we discussed a dominatrix and because I was dumb and didn't get the like subtitled version. I didn't quite catch on to what was happening, (laughs) but I knew that I enjoyed her character and I got to see kind of her, my cosmic development over the course of that movie. So I feel like I'm, I'm pretty patient with character development. I'll be okay with that.
0: Semi-related, but there was like a scene where, Kabuki gets a phone call while Kasumi is being very flippy in like her skirt, like trying to make him look at her bent over. I was like, okay, like flirt as much as you want, I guess, guys, like, sure. (laughs) You're in public.
1: There was uh, actually, I, I feel like I caught on to it. I know it's been there through like the entire series, but I feel like I caught on to a lot more sexual tension during this watching than I usually do. Um, and I know I've said it before, but honestly, is there anybody in this world that isn't attracted to Hibiki? Um, kind of hard to tell because they all fawn all over him. But there's a lot of scenes that kind of stand out where like, I don't know, the, the boys are flirting with the girls or vice versa. And there's kind of like these weird few minutes of like this lustful interaction and then it just stops and you don't get to revisit it it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in a series before
0: yeah because it, it does go a lot of ways too there's a lot of like different ways it's like going out like we joked about like how they call their like a like cute and stuff but like it's even weird to me how like it's not cut and dry That Hibiki and Kasumi are like a like thing or like going to be. And like, it's like, oh, in a show like this, like you think, oh, he's eight years older than her. She's almost too old for him at that point. Uh,
1: Right. You know, it's weird because in this series, there's so much of that. It's almost like in some ways, the writers want you to kind of see everybody is like very specifically paired off. And, you know, this This girl is supposed to be with this guy and vice versa. But then, like, there's these additional, like, unnecessary elements of tension that probably don't really serve any purpose except for, like, continuing that perpetual will-they-won't-they they vibe. But it's like, you've already set it up. Like, you're not fooling anybody at this point. What are we doing?
0: And part of that, um, to add to that, is we also get... The first time I think that Asma sees Akira in the tea shop like uniform, and he's like, oh, a Wuga.
1: Right. Um, <laughs> and and that's weird because once again, if you had been kind of like paying attention to everything built up to that, it was always going to be between her and Hitomi. like, And he's going to have to be the one that makes that hard decision. It's going to be interesting to see how that kind of plays out that yeah love story that's in the background or however you want to phrase it
0: and i just like how it's not given that much importance though too is like it doesn't i'm glad that's like oh there's supernatural like fighting going on but also it's like this is a super mundane like plot line too it's just very nice um
1: exactly it's almost like they remember that he's a minor and they keep that in the background as it should be until you know he gets to an age where he's mature enough to deal with that kind of drama but
0: like he's he's, not going to pick up like one of these girls and like she'll have her shirt off and her bra on and like he'll like put her up against the wall then like radioactive will start playing and they'll make out like it's not like that's going to happen you know
1: exactly and I think in one of the episodes even his mom says that like you cannot rely on him to be bold or aggressive that's not his personality so I I his mom is always a good foil for him in any scene, but especially in that one where it's kind of like laying out his personality and saying, look, you're not going to get Romeo out of this guy. You're going to have to, you know, kind of let him figure this out on his terms.
0: Or figure it out for him.
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) Which, Hey, um, and maybe his mom will spend some time with Akira and we'll have like even more complications. Like, Hmm. Damn, awesome you got a lot of choices to make, son. But I'm here for you, <laughs> and you gotta make them. Make them soon, but not too soon. Make them after your birthday when you got bo- when you got in both presents. Then you make that. So oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, and, uh-huh.
1: and also let me know when your friends are legal because they just got to eat <sighs> around here. Just saying.
0: I mean, all of his friends are legal. <laughs> oh, 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 his like high school friends, like if they been like exactly. and stuff?
1: No. Well, she did have a big old crush on Hibiki there the first couple episodes, so.
0: Oh, doesn't stop like you never know. She's like just like s- stopped a little bit. She's like, oh, f- he's filling a different hole in like my family's life. <laughs> uh,
1: let it go, Cougar Crossing. You never know.
0: There's um a fun bit here where um, Midori, who's party hot like has like a like knife and this is like waving it around because they keep getting watermelons because it's like the start of like a like summer like firework festival and they get like three watermelons over these like two episodes because they're cheaper and like nice
1: i actually wrote a note about that because that was uh, in this show it does a lot of things right but it isn't great about like long-running gags the fact that the watermelons kept coming back into the into play in this set of episodes, I consistently giggled. Like, every time somebody would come in with a bag, I knew what was going to happen, but I would still laugh my butt off every time they'd open that bag and there'd be a watermelon in it. I don't know why. I just thought it was hilarious that this is this one thing that they kept being consistent on.
0: Yeah. Um, there is one last bit from 26 that is like, really important, which is Hibuki senses evil in the city and has a trippy chase of, like, these, like, different colored, like, filters of, like, a um, ripple in water as he's, like, trying to follow this man and this woman and, like, they're, like, well-dressed and it's like, oh, like, are these, like, the real deal? Like, are these, like, the base set? Like, what's going on here? But they're very clearly, like, there's more on them later, but it's just like, oh... These are, like, some intense, like, what a moment, you know?
1: That was actually, I would have to say so far in this series, one of my favorite ways that they've ever filmed anything. Um, I loved it so much just because that was the first, like, real long-term, I guess, scene that we ever got of them kind of, like, utilizing what I guess you'd call, like, spider senses. Whatever it is, like, their, their danger sense It's like, okay, shit isn't right here. We need to investigate this. But then also having that scene where he, like, stops in the middle of, I guess it's supposed to be, like, a churchyard or something. And he's chasing this couple around and they keep just appearing further and further away from him. Like... I know that those aren't, like, expensive or, like, real high-tech graphics, but the way that they kind of just presented that idea that, like, the figure was using his own senses to terrify him, I thought was so amazing. And they did it in such a way that, you know, it didn't need big graphics. It didn't need big music. It really told a story in a very simplistic way that was very fun to watch. I just I loved every second of that.
0: And the most like danger that we get is that um he throws some like disc animals at them and like finds them melted on the bridge, mm-hmm. which is a lot. It,
1: which is also crossed over with um. Well, no, I guess that hope happens a little bit earlier, but it was right when Midori was talking about how rough they'd been on the disc animals up to that point. So I always love when they have like those uh, crossing arcs that kind of feed into each other. But with this one, once again, just with them kind of having these different things going on at the same time and you see them all get frozen in place because of this one figure that decides he's going to show off his power a little bit. Oh, my God. It was just it was so fun. It was Mm -hmm. such an impactful scene. I loved everything about that.
0: Yeah. um, And there's. More to it too, because like it comes, there's more detail. Um, like when we like, um, like get to 27, so I'll actually like summarize that. Um, episode 27 passing down the bond. This week, there's a guitar theremin cover that's like sounds really cool. Um, we start with Hippie Key, and I, um, fighting some cats, including a spot where one bites his drumstick and he lets it on fire to like get the cat off. Um Tsutomo um comes to the shop and tells to Asumu that he was training to be an Ani but had to quit and he isn't Hibiki's hold to practice even though he used that hand flick and our boy is very relieved. Um Tsutomo brings Midori a present and they talk about how it's been a year since he's left. Zinki also finds the unease, and then is almost killed by a piece of alien, like, disc animal. He's asked, are you an Ani? And he says, I was. And then, he has this, like, fight scene uh, that is, like, all gotten transformed, like, very good. Um, like, very, like, strong scene. Um, Hibuki is held in place by the, um, well-dressed man and woman as Zeki gets attacked by the white plague doctor, um, with the implication being that the puppet was receiving a command from the people that were in front of Ibuki. And that's how he gets like thrown in, in the river. Um, Sutomo feels guilty and feels like the Ani are doing too much after hearing about the like, current events from Midori. Zeki shows up and informs the group what happened and casually says, um, and then they use telekinesis and threw me in the river. Like it's a normal thing. Then they send out invisible discs and can find the cat then. Midori and Tsutomo talk about Asumu and Hibiki like how it is hard to lead a normal life as an Ani. Midori and Hibiki then uh, repair a damaged disc over the phone using parts of another colored disc. As Sutomo and Hardboy Asumu talks about um, being like Ani if you don't want to mochi shows up and looks at and uh my note is um mochi shows up and looks at kakira real bye before giving her the third wa- <laughs> watermelon uh hibiki and Zenki talk about how cute their boys are and uh how hibiki will mentor hasabu in his own way i just can't say that name too well um Mochi's working there now, and she and Akira double team Asumu as she smiles cute from a curtain, and then he is immediately grabbed by Akira before he can do anything, uh, because he was gone for way too long. Uh, and there's a great big, like, Ani fight, and they win, and the cast enjoys a, like, summer fireworks and watermelon. They're all serving looks, but especially from, like, Akira, like, who has like a, a like, black kimono and, like, weird like beaded buns that look great uh and then hibiki tells uh hibiki tells asabu that it's hard to be alive and that's the end of episode 27 in that arc which yeah a lot going on here honestly
1: yeah there really was this episode was very packed
0: yeah uh and we'll probably know why by the end of these episodes but just a lot to do here and like we have like the whole like okay, there's a house in the middle of the city that they're like peeking into and like um, I think episode like I talks about, but um, and just like there's the parrots, then there's the puppets, then there's the real people, the originals. I don't know what they are, but
1: well, what blows my mind is they have an entire scene where they jump on the scooter and they drive past this Abandoned mansion, which you can see the parents like looking out the window of. And I'm just like, okay, your entire deal is that you're supposed to be able to sense these things. Like, why would you not even look up at that? You've been running through this garden where you've been getting just, you know, knocked down every time you turn a corner. Why would you not look up at this house? It was just mind blowing to me.
0: He does say something like they must have gone somewhere that was like shielded or like. What have you, so like maybe that's just it. Like, oh, we can't sense them, we haven't figured it out yet. But yeah, it is like the kind of thing where it's like you should have better methodology for like figuring out, huh? We know that within this two mile radius is a place that's shielded from us, or whatever. We should look,
1: especially if you already have like that common sense thing that all the heroes seem to have, where if there's danger nearby, they They start to get those like kind of like tingles or bell ringing or whatever it displays as for them. But that's why I was just like, that's such a simple thing. You're literally driving right by it. Like, look up. That's all you have to do. Look up two feet.
0: Or like have somebody on a like stakeout where they're like, oh, if they come back out, we want to know here. At least for like a, a couple of days, you think like, oh, they disappeared here. If they come back out, we'll know. Or, like, whatever, you know?
1: Exactly, because they have, like, what, 20,000 people working at that fucking tea shop right now? Like, have people shift out and go watch that abandoned southern gothic mansion for a while. You'll figure some shit out. I can guarantee it.
0: Just, like, trade some more Ani at this point. Like, I know you have, like, 11 in this region and, like, 40 in the country or whatever. That's a lot, but it's not. Maybe you need to, like, just say, hey we're going to let some fishermen get eaten, but we're going to really stamp down on the, like the root cause of this. Maybe.
1: Exactly. <laughs> what is it? The uh, new father says multiply, multiply, multiply. We'll just start doing that. It's fine.
0: Yeah, no, that seems like a real problem. If like back in the day, you didn't have like a, like crimson for It's just like, Oh yeah. We like take like three riders and like, we just like have two of them, hold them off. And one of them like kill them one by one. And like, that seems like a slow process, you know?
1: I mean, it's fine. Like I said, there's like fifty more people at that tea shop. It, it, they'll keep pushing people into those ranks. It's fine. It'll work out.
0: It takes a lot of training to be a, a like Ani though, and it seems like they have no form of sec- like job security or like like <laughs> what are they getting paid? where hipppinggie can like afford like a test like special bike, but also, um Todoroki was lucky to have a car when he has to go cross country every day. <laughs>
1: I'm just saying, if you're a superhero that takes down monsters, you can probably just go take someone's motorcycle and just say, hey, you wouldn't be alive if it weren't for me. And then just (laughs) take it and go. Like, I would think that'd be the only reason to be a superhero. I can't think of a better one.
0: (laughs) I like the idea of, like, Hibiki's, hey, like, cop, basically. It's like, yeah, like, I'm, like, commandeering, like, your vehicle. Like, with what authority? My authority. Just, Yeah. (laughs)
1: Exactly I'm I'm about to turn into the fucking crimson Hero right now do you really want To test me I will punch You so hard that your grandmother Will be asking who the Hell you are be insane Man
0: your honor Uh, Honor. (laughs) Exactly But no um, Is there anything else from like episode like 27 here or I move on To the next one
1: um, let me just do a quick review here. Oh, okay. Episode 27. Uh, when, and I'm struggling with his name right now. The one who had been stru- excuse me, struggling with wanting to even play uh, drums up to this point. When they're in the middle of the battle and he just walks up and knocks all of the boss cat's tails off. That, that was great. Such a good play for a fight. I loved that so much, and it was something that you would expect from somebody like Hibiki It's awful. but the fact that he did that like without any kind of motivation or anything that was just kind of a natural instinct, I love the way that they show character progression in this show. It's always so, so unique and fun.
0: And this is the first time, too, where I was like, oh, the, um, like... The difference between like the boss monster and the not boss monster makes sense in a way where it's like, oh, I get how this is something they could have managed back in the day before they had like the three best Audi and also one of them got like in a, a like special like form on top of that, like you know, because like they're supposed to be better than most Audi and they're struggling real hard. Yeah.
1: On well, and I feel like that battle was fun, especially because. That, um, God, I wish I could remember his name. Anyway, that cat monster, he was kind of owning the fight in a really big way up till that point. But it was just almost like this kind of clicking for this oni and kind of um, making the battle his and finally taking control of his style the way Hibiki had been telling him to. When he put himself fully in that role, He was able to just do the absolute best thing you could have done to a monster in that situation, especially the type of monster that they were dealing with. And it was just so much fun to watch. And he didn't like display any pride or ego after he did it. He was just like, Yeah, that's what I was supposed to do. And it wasn't anything that was made a big deal of. But I distinctly like, I was watching that night, like, cheered out loud. It was the craziest thing. But it was just, it was such a great character arc moment. I loved that for him.
0: I just, I'm glad that the show takes so much time. Because, like, remember back when there were, like, multiple episodes where, like, we barely saw, like, Hibiki, like, in the fights at all. So, it gets, like, really taking its time with, like, this whole cast, too.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I actually kind of like that about it. Because I feel like in a lot of the shows that we've watched, there's always, like, this very big focus on kind of establishing who the hero is. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I've enjoyed everything we've watched to this point. But I liked the fact that with this Common Rider show in particular, it was a very slow character development for everybody. It wasn't just, this is a star and this is what you're going to focus on. It was kind of just laying out everybody's life story and kind of like drawing you slowly into the plot line.
0: Um, I don't think we said it, but episode 27 was called Passing Down the Bond. Episode twenty six is called "Counting the Days," but um, to finish, to start this last arc, today's episode twenty eight, "Undying Malice," which is a great name. Um, starts with a uh, when I see Habuki's back in front of me, I do my best. Me too, my boy. Uh, we get some more theremin in the intro. Habuki is fighting a like beefy boy and the and apparently can like shoot it despite before it being said that all the drums work um key breaks a, a like drumstick as a like uh paid the monster how we cut to asmo who has been beaten up in this feeling uh we see multiple puppets in the creepy house as the man and the woman um that set off vd like dangerous that um Talk about not being able to sleep, not not needing sleep, and their tests. Um, they have different gender puppets, um, too because we see a um black female puppet. Um, it's odd that they talk without having the other voice, so they're talking with their normal voice. It is just very weird to hear after all this time. They have a wall with dozens of those like steampunk like monster like staffs. We see that hippie and. Hasamu are on the bus, and um, he's sleeping on Hibuki's, uh shoulder as Kebuki wears a very bad cowboy hat. Um, the sisters and Midori talk about their trip. Now um, it's there to uh, make usumu feel better and uh, make him tougher, too. This leads to jokes about Kasumi liking Kabuki before he calls, and they say the department head's are very worried about, like, what's going on. The black girl puppet got some, like, sh- she got armor and is making a, like, new spider type as th- mm-hmm. the show comes whole circle. A man gets attacked from the spider parents. Akira and Ibuki talk about friends in a way that implies she was deeply depressed and, like, alone when she became, like, an Ani trainee. Uh, we see a new Ani named Aiki, the sharp Ani, fight the, like, two spider parrots and get wrecked before falling off of a cliff. Um, we see Ibuki and Todoroki head to the, to the spiders and they are currently unaware of, uh, what's different. Sumi and Mochi have a, like, girls' day to, like, counter, like, the, like, man camp day. Moshi, um, talked about seeing, um, Hasamu get beat up, and I think I might know the actor who did it. Uh, <laughs> the boys find the drumstick tree after hiking. As Hibuki and Todoroki like fight the parents, and we see um, that Hasamu is falling as he and Hibuki are climbing. And then uh, you know, summarize episode twenty nine.
1: Um, I don't know that I have as detailed of notes as you do. Um, I will say that first off, when we get the first reveal about what the uh, witch's monster is, my first comment was yuck, because that is a lot to deal with. Um, And within that same episode, Sumo and Hibiki get to have kind of a heart to heart um, as they're discussing everything that's happened on their trip and kind of where they are and they have some of the most brilliant music I've ever heard playing during that heart to heart. But not only that, but Hibiki kind of gives him the boost that he needs to realize it's okay to be human and to, you know, sometimes make mistakes, sometimes take the wrong step, but you Mm -hmm. have to not let life bring you down in the way that he's kind of been doing on his journey, which is natural. I mean, he's a young guy, it happens, but um Becky kind of like slowly talks him out of his doldrums um as the episode progresses. Um in the last note that I have is it was a very nice happy ending and I was very worried that we were going to somehow end on a cliffhanger. So I'm glad that everything ended up working out the way it did for episode 29
0: mm-hmm no oh, yeah um i'll give some detail but like for episode like 29 the shining boy um todoroki and kabuki are like are like hiding off the two armored they're fighting off the two armored parents um we see that kabuki loses his hat as Hospital loses his phone um then all the mentor or like mentees uh get like caught in the rain I need towels. Except for Akira, because it's already porty enough and that would be too loaded. Um, right we get a like pun for for achy being achy Um and then they have like they're like talk like you said, um as then Asumu um like gets up before Hibiki the gen to mirror that like first two episodes and uh make tea his mom shows up at the tea shop and everyone's super happy and she looks at um she looks at petro like maybe like that's where like her shot should be going mm-hmm. um and then uh the boys with Aki fight the like specially armored spider it runs and then fights with Hibiki, and we see that n- now um, the bomb between Hibiki and like Asimo is very strong. Mm-hmm. Everyone meets up, and we get a new ending version for the like uh, for the credits song here. And yeah, um, this last arc. Um, what do you think, Steph?
1: I. Actually, really enjoyed it. I mean, there were, I have to admit, some parts of it that were cheesy um, and way too predictable, like Asumo getting his butt kicked. Okay, I feel like there were probably better ways we could have developed his character, but it did end up making sense. And the fact that he kind of, like, turned to all his adult friends to comfort him through that was very realistic in the fact that his mom kind of showed up at the shop just to see what was going on with him. Um, I really enjoyed that just because it not only showed her engagement, but you got to see just a couple of minutes of him being a little bit like embarrassed like a teenager would that his mom showed up to kind of check in on him. So it was all in all a really good way to kind of wrap up this story arc that we've been looking at. For the series, anyway,
0: it's been nice that kind of neatly these episodes have been into arcs like this. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked this like last episodes because like those two pairs like they felt like a total upgrade too because like it was like oh like they have like this like armor no time limit and like the spider mobility it's like okay like they're like the next level and also like to see what's being done with and without like Hibiki, Um I really do um, like to how we get the, like the whole arc going back and like we get um, they're back at that tree and they're back making drumsticks and they're back talking about like what they want from life. And mm-hmm. it's great. Um, I think that um, this episode also has the cast coming t- together again after the, the, the um, previous like summer festival but I'll forgive that because it's kind of like a good reason for that um, I have something big I want to talk about but before that like I want to like finish talking about like the episode I guess but like is there anything like in these episodes that like uh, is, is like still worth like uh, its own point I guess or
1: I can't think of anything like I said just the way that this whole arc progressed was really really neat um i enjoyed it a lot uh and i definitely enjoyed getting to see like with episode 29 everything kind of being wrapped up in a nice pretty bow to where we get to prepare for the next you know character plot arc um wherever it's going to go from here so i'm very interested to see what your perspective is
0: so um there is another reason I've been, I've been interested in watching Hibiki besides it being a gap during my favorite time period of these shows. It being a show that I've heard like a lot about a show that like, I, it's also a like show where I'm like, Oh, it's doing things that I wouldn't have like appreciated like younger, but there's like one more dimension to this show that I did want to wait to bring up. Um, now it it, it is going to change how you look at the rest of the series so I will like give you the option Steph. Uh do you want to hear like what's important about like this episode? Absolutely. All right. So um what if I told you a lot of people consider this the end of the series?
1: Honestly, I'd believe that. Um and I don't say that lightly because I am a big person about like being completionist, but Having seen the past three episodes from like 27 on, I could see that being a very natural end to a progression. So I could see that. Yeah.
0: It's normal for the movies to have like a different production crew. It's not normal for episode 30 of the show to have an entirely different production crew and writing room. And that is what happens with this show. Episode 30 to 48, they entirely gut the staff of this show the cast days they add some new people there's some people that do get lost like i guess the like um not important like comrider or like danky like sabaki and like were meant to be like more important like in like the middle of this show but at this point this show it it's pretty controversial but basically it gets a complete shift in priority in plotting um and just I have no clue. Uh really. Besides there's one character people really hate. Uh he's played by an actor who I think might have been the one who beat up like Asumu, but also is one of my favorite in the franchise of like Common Rider for like a like different role that he plays. So I'm like very curious. Uh <laughs> it's hard to know, but this is in a lot of ways the end of the series. This is considered by a lot of people like, um, like the actors have like posted on like Instagram and stuff. Like, I always wanted to like complete his vision and this kind of thing. And like, I wanted to like do the show as the like original like showrunner wanted to do, uh, which is a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, what's your kind of like feeling on that? I guess. Um,
1: that? I will say that in the notebook that I have specifically devoted to our podcast, I'm making a note about that now so that I don't start watching the next few episodes expecting uh, the kind of continuality that I've been expecting. Um, But I will definitely um, keep an ear out for it. And that's actually really disappointing to find out because this is the first thing that we've watched in a while that I really, really um, had to fight myself on not watching additional episodes of it's Almost like Kugel all over again because, you know, obviously when we watched that, I ended up watching all the episodes. But um, I had told myself that, you know, I'm going to be patient with this. this is something that we're doing as a podcast. But, you know, to find out that I'm going to potentially be facing a very different character arc than I'd been expecting is kind of disappointing. I mean, I understand it. Production companies always have like all these weird rules and you know things that you have to follow. But I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm hoping for yeah. some things. But now I'm I'm nervous <laughs> about what's happening going forward. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I did find a list of changes. There are some that seem to be plot in a way that I won't say them. But if you'd like, I could say some more like clear changes that happen.
1: Sure, go for it. Just so I know what to expect.
0: So, the narration by Asumu um, is removed. Oh. Uh, we will get a new opening at some point. The use of like Kanji being flashed on the screen is like gone. The ending sequence is gone. Wow. Two characters that were supposed to be introduced as main cast members um, in the Ani. Um, so, Aki and somebody named Moon, like shoki um have their parts completely removed wow uh the fire breathing and the claws are completely removed and they move away from cg and shooting in nature as much which seems wild to me
1: yeah, like, because um, one of the things that I've enjoyed the most about this show is the fact that so much of it takes place in the wild. It it has that very same uh, relaxing aspect that I liked so much about Kuga. So, man, that's that's hard to hear that that's something to yeah. step away from.
0: And I guess like there be some kind of that's a, a spoiler warning. I guess and I should like mark that in the show. But just uh, it's also not like. It's also a a, like wiki. I can't imagine that they get rid of nature. I can see like with the way they have like the summer monsters that being less CG and that working. But if they're like in like warehouses and stuff, that's so different, you know? Like they should like still be filming in the same places, like even if they're not as many like CG monsters or
1: Right. And well, I think that half of the reason why the CG monsters work is because they're doing them from a place that is actual realistic nature um, so you can ignore a lot of the cheesier uh, aspects of the CGI I guess but if you take it to a point where you're not even doing anything that's even partially realistic anymore like what are you expecting from your audience you are expecting them at that point to suspend all disbelief and that's not really fair if you're not giving them anything to work with
0: I l- have always liked how it's like a realistic crab but it's giant and it's like almost like rotoscoped in like it looks it looks weird enough and the concept's weird enough it doesn't bother me that it doesn't look good you know Mm -hmm. and it's just been like a great part of the show is like they're mostly fighting like weird giant spiders and stuff and like that's not like a typical like rider stuff and like there's a point in the episodes where um Todoroki does like a like rider punch again and then like he also does like a like rider kick and i was like that's great but also i want to see them fight weird things and like even if like of all the things that say keep it in nature at least but like this show has been special cause it's like been filmed like a certain way it's had characters acting like a certain way it's had certain production things like the way it like has like those like monsters so i'm like i get that it had some problems from like not being the most popular or like not selling the most toys but to me like the run from Kuga up to the first half of like Hibiki, having like w- with the having seen a lot of those shows um is a wild run it's like hard to it's hard to find something wrong to to say about like th- those first like five and a half like years of like modern crime Rider, honestly but it's just like sucks to know that like there are actors that are like still talk about it. Like, yeah, like I was really pissed off about this. And like, I wish we could like Mm -hmm. do it how it was supposed to be, you know?
1: Well, I think the thing with that is, um, a lot of those graphics that kind of pop up, they can almost be, um, too much. They can almost be too realistic. They can almost be too creepy. They can almost be too anything, honestly. But, Having that little bit of CGI to kind of, like, take off the rough spots and to remind you that this is, like, a fantasy genre, that's what helped me with a couple of the monsters that I found more creepy in this series of watching. Um, And I understand, like, if you're a production company and you're kind of, like, going through it, you're gonna try and do whatever you can to make things more successful, but... If they're taking all of the like softness off of these monsters and making them too much or vice versa, they're putting too much softness on them to make it more kid friendly. Like either way, you're you're doing the wrong thing because you've got like fans out there who are looking at this and saying it's perfect the way it is. Don't change anything. But of course, you've always got, you know, somebody that's trying to make more money that's going to look at things differently and and do things in a way that probably isn't what the fans are going to enjoy
0: yeah and I'm like all for like I've not all for I really like most seasons of the like Come Rider and like I'm not upset that they're meant to sell toys like it's a little weird balancing act like I definitely enjoy some like merch stuff and like there's like a like cool looking like toy tour I was like oh like that's great but also like I definitely do prefer it when that's a part that I can compartmentalize. Cause like I like watching action and I like watching drama and like these shows like hit me in that where I was like, Oh, like, it's like the action I like have some dopamine from. And it's also like fun character stuff. And like in modern day, like shows, for example, like there's definitely like, Oh, the first arc they're going to introduce like a lot of toys. So like, after that it gets better and it's like that's like a pretty common like fan like opinion too and it's just like I, I just the way the series trends like his heart is like I still like it but like for me like the first couple years of like the modern whole era was just like probably my favorite stuff honestly
1: right I get that and now I'm both um, dreading and looking forward to the next few episodes, just so I can kind of get on your level and see what we're talking about here.
0: Cause I don't know, really. Like I mostly know that it introduces a character that people hate, uh, but he's played by an actor who like I love from a different role later on. So I just don't know, you
1: know? Right. Yeah. I get that.
0: And like that almost makes what we've seen up to this point better to know that it's an end whatever comes next it's not going to be the same as watching a series all the way through you know right it's going to be its own thing and yeah i don't know
1: well it'll be interesting to see what we do with it and i'm sure we'll do something exciting so
0: i'm not sure what we think happens next i guess but it's supposed to get more (laughs) actiony
1: um well, I mean, I had a couple of fan series just uh, kind of thriving off the general vibe that the storyline was going in. But now that I know it's going to change, I'm I'm very anxious to see what happens next.
0: Yeah, um, I yeah, <laughs> honestly, um, me too.
1: <laughs> I
0: hope they do Akira right. <laughs>
1: I hope so too. She deserves it. Man, that girl's been through it.
0: I'm almost more worried about doing Asimo right though, because like he's so, he's he's been like pulled like candy floss like so far. It's like if they could very easily pull too hard or change the whole the composition, like is he like going to suddenly start being like, I've always wanted to be the like, gay, the common writer. I don't know, you know? Like,
1: yeah. And that was kind of um, my worry with uh, him in um, the weapons room talking to his counterpart about, you know, kind of what it means to be an Oni and this, that and the other. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they handle his big life decision moving forward.
0: I hope they still just I just have so many hopes. Maybe it will be subtle in the way where if we didn't know, we just think the show had like a bad ending I maybe mean, it'll be jarring like i don't know but we have three more episodes um of the show it's odd to think um because like i just really don't know
1: Guess we'll just have to see
0: yeah um and for next time we are looking at um episodes um one two three four five six so episodes uh, 30 through uh, 36. That's fantastic. The next seven episodes. Uh, we might get a uh, halfway through the like, dark an there. Um, and um, for people asking, uh, we are going to cover the movie and the hyper battle video. So how that's going to work is that after episode uh, five, we are going to have, the movie come out like as a, a like bonus episode. And then, uh, the h- hyper battle video is only like 10 minutes long. So we'll, um, have that in like a have like part six and then we'll leave episode, uh, the last episode, like episode like seven, uh, for itself, uh, to not have anything else going on. And, uh, there have been some thoughts on if we're going to do the post series stuff. That's going to be maybe, down the line, like with some time from it, maybe because uh, they're not crucial to understanding v- this show, but they're nice. But yeah, I kind of feel like we t- took the wind from our like sales a little bit by like, <laughs> <laughs> knowing things are going to change.
1: It's it was bound to happen eventually.
0: Like we um, said before, too, uh, we are going to come in next time with a bracket of sorts for things we could look at in the fall, which would be a lot of fun.
1: Can't wait. It's going to be like March Madness, but in August.
0: What is currently off the menu is um, we are going to be covering Gokaiger on the Raywa podcast as our backup show. Uh, there's been some stuff we need to talk about about um, a scandal with the next run of series, like Coming out on the Ray Wild, like pod Two, like over there. So, like, next week we'll have like some thoughts on if there's gonna be a comment writer like next year for us there, <laughs> or if we're gonna have to choose a different show without a like blackface scandal. Uh, but <laughs> regardless, the backup show there, maybe the primary show will be Go Kiders. That is a uh, not on the menu here, but there's lots of fun stuff. Uh, could be more Kamen Rider, could be more Sentai, could be Ultraman, um, could be some movies, you know? Um,
1: what can we say? We're full of surprises, folks.
0: Yeah, and we'll bring a part of me because like we said Bracket wants to bring 16, but the part of me is like bring 8, <laughs> like bring 8, be more realistic, but we'll see. <laughs> but no, um, when you're uh, not talking to your honor, I we'll find you, stuff
1: probably talking to another your honor. Um but aside from that, um you can find me on www.arcademilitia.com. Um Ooh. I am on Twitter as nice hat. What is that? Nice hat or hat
0: or hat yeah. underscore sis.
1: Hat underscore sis. Thank you very much. Um in Instagram as nobody much. Um, aside from that, you can just find me hanging out with Kip. Cause that's what I do best.
0: Yeah. And, uh, with that, um, I think you could find me other places soon. I don't know. Uh, I would be guesting on podcasts. I'll know next time whether I've guested on a podcast or I'm about to better. I think I'm about to, uh, but for right now, um, <laughs> you could find, uh, <laughs> me on twitter.com at James Forge. Uh, you can find the podcast uh at Cobb Me on Twitter and Instagram. And also have uh, which is uh a like fun place to find articles. I might do something on this show and like Gundam 2 is like a like a like short like essay there too. That'll be fun. Um if you go to common.com slash episodes, there's every single episode with links to two different like services. Um there's com slash merch i might need another like soon maybe next time for our um milf i'd like to common ride shirt which i <laughs> need to make i think
1: oh, yeah um, can't wait for that one
0: and then um for that too um please send in the questions comments or suggestions to um podcast at com. we're interested in to what people think um i do have a couple things um in the tank right now but need to think more but like if like people come out like really hard and they're like hey dude jet i'll be like okay we'll talk about Jetman." but um, oh yeah we'll talk about maybe covering jet not <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> but still uh but with that uh i'm not sure if we learned anything or if we know anything or if there's anything that we want to impart
1: um i've learned not to get attached to anything you love especially Common writer Hibiki, because eventually something's going to happen and they're going to change producers in the middle of the season and just leave you a disappointed, crying wreck. Your honor. Your honor.